ladies and gentlemen, to the details of life. I'm your host, Marcus Wilson, and thank you once again for coming and spending some time with me today. I sincerely appreciate it, and like I always say, we have another great episode coming up. My friend, I've been knowing this guy for over 20 years, some epic AAU battles back in Indiana in the mid-90s. Jack Owens, head coach of Miami University. You know, like I said, he was in Indianapolis. I was in South Bend. We competed a lot. He continued to coach after college, went on to some JUCOs, Eastern Illinois, Southern Illinois, then to Purdue, and now is running his own program. Another tidbit that we didn't get a chance to talk about too much in the podcast was another great player from Indiana around my time. He was Mr. Basketball my year, Damon Frierson. Obviously, those guys were friends, and Jack has brought him along on his staff at Miami. So it's good to see you know him being loyal to guys he's been knowing for a while. He was gracious enough to join on. So without further ado, let's go ahead and chime in with Miami University head coach, Jack Owens. Like I just prefaced, ladies and gentlemen, today we have an old friend of mine, head coach of Miami University, Jack Owens. How you doing, coach? Doing great, man. How are you? Man, I'm awesome, man. Ready to get started into this. This is good to uh, have a podcast with somebody I've been knowing for so long who has some right. great battles in high school, which that's a whole other podcast we should get into. <laughs> but, uh, man, I just yeah. want to kind of start with how did you get into coaching? And if you could tell the people, where all have you, le- where all have you been leading up to? this position where you're at now at Miami University? Like you mentioned before, you were a really good player, man. Uh, obviously, everything you've been able to do or was able to do as a player speaks for itself, 2,000-point two, score. And you, you're right, man, the battles were great. But I appreciate you having me on, first of all. Uh, second of all, man, just very fortunate to get in coach. And I've, I've been able to work for a lot of people I played for. Uh, I think I was fortunate from the standpoint they thought enough of me to give me opportunity. I, I went to uh, Mary State as a freshman. And then I transferred to a junior college because I didn't want to sit out at Howard in Texas. And then I went on to Eastern Illinois to play for Rick Samuels, uh, one, of the, one of the best coaches around. And obviously we played against each other when I was at Eastern U as you were at Evansville. But at the end of the day, I was very fortunate for Tommy Collins, who I played for in junior college, to give me a call. I'll never forget the day. Uh, he actually lose an assistant and I'm just getting out. I was a student assistant my last year at Eastern, but then um, you know, he gives me a call. I'm in the barbershop and, and he gives me a call and say, you know, he says, Jack, are you going to come be my assistant? And I was like, uh, absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, sometimes you need a break like that to go play for someone you or go work for someone you play for. But at the end of the day, it was an opportunity. I jumped on and I was able to, to move on from there. So your first three years in coaching, you moved each year. Right. And we know that sometimes you need to do that to continue moving up. And it's obviously work. But, you know, for people who are wanting to get into coaching, I always talk about this. Guys see coaches as head coaches and they think, oh, this is this great, glamorous life or whatever. They didn't see the grind. They didn't see when he was making starting off as a a restricted earnings coach or, or not making very much at a JUCO or whatever. But as you were moving, was it difficult to uproot every year and go somewhere else and what is your thought process when you're getting into the game and you have to make moves for any of these coaches out here that may be interested in that it it was very difficult Marcus you know just from the standpoint you're uprooting your family and you mentioned from you know you're starting out I'll never forget I made $486 a month as a junior college assistant coach you know with a degree and those kind of things but at the end of the day that's the sacrifice you know uh, you make because you don't get in coaching for the money you know, first of all, if you're a coach, uh, a lot of a lot of coaches are in it for the right reason. I truly believe that. But 
uprooting your family. Uh, my family was the hardest part because, you know, you're, you're somewhere for 10 uh, to 12 months and, you, and we were leaving every year. And I was very fortunate to have those opportunities. I went to Howard. Uh, I was at Howard uh, Community College and I went to Barden uh, Community College for eight to nine months. And then I went on to Eastern Illinois where I played, where Coach Samuels gave me opportunity uh, to be a Division One assistant coach. And then that did give you your opportunity. Before I go on, I need y'all, anybody out there listening to hear what the man said, $486 a month. That's what it takes if you want to sacrifice, just like players have to sacrifice when their friends want to go to this party or they want to do that. And a player has to say, nope, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the weight room. It's the same thing these coaches have to do when they're making decisions on what they have to do. So I think that's important to bring out. But you did get your opportunity at Southern. And while you were there, had a great stretch, five years, five postseason tournaments, coaching under associate head coach uh, at Kansas State, now Chris Lowry. Then you went on to Purdue, some more successful years and uh, another uh, Sweet 16. So what are some of the things that you learned from those guys that helped prepare you, enable you to be a head coach now? Yeah, once again, man, the opportunity presented itself with, with, with Coach Matt Painter. You know, he was assistant coach at Southern Illinois, uh, but then he became the head coach. And I was one of the first guys he called to come be his assistant. And we, we had a great year. Obviously, you know, we go 17-1 and one in the league. We go to the NCAA tournament. Then coach get the call from Purdue. And he, he goes on to be associate head coach, coach in waiting. Um, you know, obviously, Coach Katie was going to retire. And then Chris Lowry comes in. So my first year was with Coach Painter there and then – Chris Lowry comes in and I stay on and, and we have four more great years. And you're talking about five years of either winning the league or uh, winning our conference tournament or going to some postseason play. If it's, you know, we went to four NCAA tournaments and one NIT, uh, just winning at a high level. And, and from those guys and obviously going on from Southern Illinois and it was tough to leave. You're talking five years of a lot of winning. Uh, you know, we had a great church home, friends and family uh, was, was, were connected down there and their friends to this day, but it was tough leaving Southern Illinois because of uh, the success we were having and those kind of things. But then I go on uh, back home to, 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 to Indiana area to, to Purdue and I'm there nine years with Coach Painter and you you asked the question what did I learn from Chris Lowry and Matt Painter first of all uh, Chris Lowry is one of the best defensive minds I've ever been around you know he, he's obviously the associate head coach at uh, K-State but he's a great coach a great mentor a great friend of mine and then Matt Painter arguably I think is one of the best coaches in college basketball from the standpoint of being able to manage a team and do it the right way and you know run a program the right way and I you know those are the things I, I take from those guys uh, but every coach I work for I've, I've been able to take things from you know Rick Samuels was a great uh, offensive minded coach when you know we ran motion offense and those kind of things and Tommy coach Tommy Collins uh, who I worked for in junior college my first year was a great defensive coach as well so every every coach I played for I've been able to take things from but uh, obviously spending so much time with Chris Lowry and coach Matt Painter uh, you know those guys have meant so much to me and this is that's part of the reason why I was able to be a head coach here today. Yeah, man, you're part of a great coaching tree. And I was talking with Brian Mullins the other day, and he was saying that you were one of the reasons why he went to Southern because Coach Painter was there recruiting him, and then he left. And he said, right. with you know, with you still being there, you were already involved in the recruitment process, that he had a good relationship with you guys. And you guys have been doing a heck of a job of recruiting. And I could imagine 
you getting a chance, people who don't know how good you were in high school in Indiana, you getting a chance to come back to the state of Indiana near Indianapolis where you're from was just a natural fit for you at Purdue. So, you know, you did get your opportunity in 2017 to become a head coach. But I often wonder, like, I know just me when I'm, even in the business world, when I'm in a role and I go from one of the guys to now the manager, or as a teammate, I go from one of the guys to now the team captain, and there's just more responsibility. Um, you were an assistant for 17 years, from 2000 to 2017 at various programs. Then you get your opportunity to be a head coach. What was the transition like, and was it difficult jumping from being the assistant coach to now being the head man of the program where the buck stops with you? Right. Uh, great question. Uh, from the standpoint, first of all, Coach Painter, um, you know, he, he delegated a lot of things to me. You know, he was preparing me to be a head coach. Very fortunate to work for someone who allowed you to have input and, and preparation and everything uh, that go along with running a program. And and he, he allowed me to, 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 to you know, learn and grow as a coach underneath him. So it's just not X's and O's. You know, you, you have to be able to uh, make decisions, every decision that comes through the program, if it's from camp, if it's from how you're going to travel, how you're going to eat, all those things are, are required for you to make the decision. And as an assistant coach, you know, you have all the great ideas and, and you know, you want to do these things. Um, you give them to your head coach, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with you and you have to make the final decision. And just time away uh, from, you know, uh, recruiting and, and just coaching on the court those are the things that you know as assistant coach you can just consume yourself with but as a head coach you might have a speaking engagement or you know you have to fundraise or do certain things to, to move your pro program along those are the adjustments I definitely had to make and you know um, obviously you, you always I'm always learning and trying to uh, figure things out as a head coach as well but um, just just grateful for this opportunity man and, and look forward to just moving this program forward. Yes, well, speaking of moving the program forward, your first year there, had some good results, was able to go to the postseason tournament uh, in the CBI. But, you know, Miami had Miami University hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since 2007. So I know as a head coach, that's the goal is to get there. So, you know, we know that head coaches are thinking years ahead and how to achieve their goals. So as you're thinking about how to get this university back to the NCAA tournament, what are some of the things that you might be thinking for the average fan that's out there, you know, is it, I've heard some people say schedule a little bit softer in non-conference so you can go into the conference with quite a few wins. Do you schedule harder in non-conference so your team is getting that early competition but then playing better late, you know, recruiting? Or are you trying to go get grad transfers so you have more maturity? Or what are some of the things that you're thinking in terms of trying to get uh, your, your, your university and your program back to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, first of all, Miami has great tradition. You know, they we have the most championships in our league and those kind of things. So trying to get our program back to that level is a process. And I know that and I understood that when I took the job. But, you know, we've been able to go uh, do some good things in, in these three years and, and those kind of things. But like you mentioned, from a scheduling standpoint, you know, you want to have a competitive non-conference schedule to get you ready for the MAC tournament because the MAC is an extremely difficult league. It's good coaches, it's good, it's good players, uh, great fan support. So just trying to 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 get on a uh, you know getting yourself your team ready to have a winning season 
first of all, is the first thing that, that we're trying to move towards to or forward to and, and those kind of things. But it is scheduling, it's recruiting, trying to get old and stay old. We, we were able to get some um, young guys to come in and play right away. But at the end of the day, like you and I talked about before, you know, if you're going against seniors and juniors that's established in the, in, in the conference and those kind of things, you can be a very talented freshman, but at the end of the day, usually the older team win. And now we're transitioning to becoming a team that's going to be led by seniors and juniors. And I'm excited about that opportunity uh, or this opportunity to, to see what we can do with, with older guys. And now we're not the young bucks on the block anymore where we're becoming an older team. Yeah, I think that's one thing that fans fail to realize is when a new coach comes in, I don't think you can really start to I mean, obviously, there's some measurements of that you want to see progress each year, but you can't really start to have true judgment until third, fourth year because that first year, he's recruiting his own guys. You know, so by year three, they just finished their sophomore year. So going into year four, that's when you start to really – you should start to see some results or that's when you hope to start seeing some results. Like you said, get old, stay old. You got physically and mentally more mature guys. and I think you're going into that phase, man, so I'm excited to see you know, what you're going to do. I got full confidence in you. But outside of basketball, you know, we know that the goal is probably to win a conference championship. You've always been a leader, a great leader on the court, obviously as a coach. So for your team and your program, do you have any other goals besides winning the conference championship? And if so, what, what are they? Yeah, and, you know, every year our goal is to win the, win the conference. That That is our goal. Our ultimate goal is to win the conference. And obviously – by winning the conference, you're putting yourself in position to, to go to the NCAA tournament. That's obviously another goal goal of ours. And and our since we've been here, we've been it's like a roller coaster ride where you're up and down and those kind of things. And I truly believe you become a winning program, you you have to be uh, consistent and that's where we've been lacking like you mentioned when you have young guys and who haven't been through it for uh, three or four years you know they're going to be some inconsistent play at time and now we're becoming an older team hopefully we can become a consistent team that win on a regular basis in, in our league and outside of our league uh, so our goal is to win our conference and then obviously to play the NCAA tournament but from a you know big picture standpoint we just want to be able to move our program forward in the areas that you and I are discussing and obviously having a winning season is very important to us because Miami's a great place, great tradition. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be here and look forward to moving it forward with the guys that we have who are completely bought in. You know, the one thing is, you know, you listen to a lot of people speak and talk and, you know, Doc Rivers speaking last night, uh, you know, you know, I was following on Twitter, you know, he talked about complete buy-in from everyone. That's not, you know, that's players, that's administration, you know, student bodies. Like, those are the things when you take over a program, you, not only are you trying to improve your team, but you want everyone on the same page because it's, it's hard enough to beat the guys in your league by, you know, by, by themselves. So at the end of the day, if you can have complete buy-in from the top to the bottom, you know, that's how you move a program forward. And that's what we have in Miami. Uh, like I said, very fortunate to be here and, and look forward to just moving the program forward to where it's a championship program on and off the court. You know, since I arrived, we've been around a 3.0 GPA as a team. Miami's a great academic institution. Those are the things that we're proud of. You know, we had a guy uh, that we that we signed when we first got here and Bam Bowman, who was our only senior this year. You know, he's getting his degree. Uh, those are the things that, that, that as a program and as a coach, I'm, I'm, I'm just as proud of uh, as well from, from our guys doing things the right way and how they conduct themselves in the community and those kind of things and just continue to move the program forward uh, to make everyone proud. I hear you, man. That's good to hear you talking about academics because 
That's what, as the, again, as the head coach, man, you want to see your players graduating and turning out. If they can play pro, great. If not, make sure they're valuable contributors to society. And so that, that's awesome, man. So speaking about next year, um, do you have any uh, guys next, next year coming in, transfers, guys who are sitting out, incoming freshmen, or any guys returning that you think could have a breakout year? And obviously the expectation, like you said, is to win the championship. But what are, what are some of your thoughts on next year's team and some of the guys you got? Yeah, uh, I'll start with who we had sitting out. James Beck, I think our fans and people are going to know around college basketball. Is a, you know, he's a, a excellent player. You know, he's about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, uh, big-time rebounder, motor. He's skilled, can score with his back to the basket. Uh, you know, Javon Esler, he broke his foot. He's a 6'7", uh, guy as well who can really stretch the floor with his shooting ability. Um, you know, he's a guy who only played in a few games and he broke his foot. And, you know, he, he just got – healthy towards the end of the year and you know we're, we're hopeful that he will get his, his rest of the year back but those two guys were here and they were able to practice and be around us every day and in, in games and, and those kind of things so we're excited to get those guys and then we're able to sign uh, two guys Jackson Ames is right outside the Cincinnati area he's, you know he's a seven footer who can score with his back to the basket just a big kid who loves the game and you know he's you know he's he's great to talk to he's great to be around I'm excited to work with him and then we signed the kid right outside the Cleveland area 6'8 kid Luca Eller as well so to go along with the guys we have returning you know and you adding those four guys I think it's a great mix of older guys uh, as well as young guys but when you have skill uh, speed skill size and those kind of things and that complete buy-in from guys one through 15 in that locker room you know I'm, I'm that's why I'm excited about next year I truly believe if if we can be on the same page and uh, stay bought in and play play the the way we were planning to plan towards the end of the year uh that's definitely uh, a reason to have everyone excited about what we're doing and, and I look forward to working with these guys uh, obviously with COVID-19 and everyone being away for the last two months we try to stay engaged with the with the guys on a weekly basis I have really good assistant coaches who do a great job monitoring the guys and we have constant communication daily as a staff so just moving everything forward uh, definitely with the guys that we have returning and the guys that we're adding it's, it's definitely an exciting time in Miami basketball. And it sounds like it because you, you named some guys with some height, some length, right. and whenever you can get a seven footer, I don't care what league you're in. If you can get a seven footer that loves the game, not right. just a guy who's just been playing his whole life because he's been bigger than everybody, but if he's seven feet and loves the game, man, you can, you can really cause some damage to that. So I'm excited to see which, you know, the product next year. So in closing coach, I always ask guys, it's called the details of life, trying to get to some of the details that have made you successful. And you've had a lot of success throughout your career on the court, you know, as a player, coach. And so are there any habits or daily routines that you do or have done that you think have contributed to your success? Yeah, uh, first of all, the opportunity, you know, our Lord and Jesus Christ for this opportunity, man, I thank every morning, you know, uh, strong faith. I tell people all the time, it's my faith family and basketball. I don't have a lot of hobbies, so I'm consumed with the game. And, you know, I just want to, uh, you know, wake up every day and, and, and do the right things. But I also want to have fun with our guys. Uh, so, you know, just trying to put them in position every day is what keeps me going and getting this program, uh, you know, to, to winning ways. But, but yeah, th those are the things I do, man. I'm kind of boring, man, Marcus. You, you know, growing up, man, we – we played ball and, and that was about it, man. You know, you fall through things that when things didn't go your way and, you know, uh, you know, winning consumes me, uh, basketball consumes me rather where I just want to win and, but do it the right way. 
but but those are the things, man. Every morning, if I'm here in town, I I take my daughter to school every morning. Uh, you know, because you you never know. You know, with co in coaching, you know, she might be she might go to bed before I get home. So anytime uh, I can do those things, as far as dropping her off at school and and, and you know try to stay in touch. Uh, you know, with, with, with my family to the best of my ability uh, is what I try to do on a daily basis. And, you know, I have a daughter who's actually uh, going to be a senior in college, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, those kind of things, man, uh, as a coach, you're away from them so much, you know, it's, it's hard, uh, but you try to just stay in contact with them on a daily basis as best as you can and, and just let them know you love them. Uh, but but those, those are the things I try to do on a regular basis. Man, it's, it's funny you said that that uh, faith family ball here at, at my YMCA. I, I do a mentorship program for kids in the community uh, who may not have a membership to the Y, and they, they open up my Y to them every Saturday. And the the name of the group I partner with the guy. The name of the group is called God Fam Ball. God first, family second, ball third. That's the same thing you just said. Faith family ball. So maybe I can get you to pop on and be a guest speaker to him one day, man, I, I, to reinforce what we're talking about, because those are the things that are important in life. Appreciate you making the time today, Coach, and man, I, uh, I enjoyed hooping against you, man. It's been great to see your evolution and your growth in the coaching game, so I'm rooting for you, man, and good luck to you the rest of the summer and, and next year, Coach. I appreciate you, man, and obviously what you're doing, man, this is great as well. Marcus, you've been successful in everything that you've done over your career, man. I, I know whatever you put your mind to and you work at, I know you're going to be successful as well, man. So I appreciate you having me on, man, and uh, likewise, if I ever, if I, you know, if I ever can help in any way, man, don't hesitate to reach out, man. I'm there. Uh, obviously, respect you as a player and a person. Uh, anytime I can help, man, feel free to hit me up, man. But I appreciate you having me on, and, and thank you. For sure. Will do, man. That's that. That's what happens when you have those strong AU games between Tiffany's and Municipal Gardens, my man. <laughs> right. right. For sure, All right. man. All right, All right, bro. Well, take care, man. I'm, like I said, good luck to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, bro. Thank you so much, Jack, for coming on and sharing those stories, and I really appreciate it. Like you said, your team is getting at that ripe stage where you got some talent coming in. You're getting older. You're more mature. And so I'm expecting big things. I have full confidence in you, brother. Moving on, guys. I'm telling you, I'm not slowing down. I tell you that in maybe one week you think, oh, this is going to be a not so good week. Well, wrong. I'm bringing on Porter Moser, head coach at Loyola. Final Four coach, you guys remember that epic run Loyola made. We also have Kevin Keats from North Carolina State coming on. And I also was able to just recently catch up with an old friend of mine from Evansville when he was doing TV there when I was playing. He's now a Fox Sports host for NASCAR, host, you know, does the Infinity Series. If you follow NASCAR, you know Adam Alexander, right? He came on. We had a chance to talk about NASCAR the state of where it's at right now because they're in season and obviously had to talk about Bubba Wallace. Wouldn't be an interview without talking about that. And he gave a really good, honest answer about that. So make sure you tune in for all of that. All these guys are coming in. They're telling their stories. You know, they have different backgrounds and some different sports. But at the end of the day, they're giving you the details of how to be successful because you know what? That's right. Greatness is in the details, guys. Continue to like, subscribe, and share so you know when the episodes drop. Tell everybody what we're doing. Come back next week. Can't wait to see you. Have a great week. Peace.